Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Start spreading the news. This series is tied Lightning Rangers. It's up to you, New York, New York. What the hell happened to the Rangers? I thought this series was over. Up 2-0. Winning the game 2-0. They come back. The Lightning win game three. Now they've won game four, four to one. I thought Igor was better. Igor's better. Well, he, he wasn't better those last two games for sure. And Vasilevsky has suddenly turned into Andre Vasilevsky. The Rangers are in trouble. The Rangers are in trouble because New York is well aware <laughs> that things can go south in a hurry. And the most amazing thing about this series has been, look, the Lightning were not themselves in the first two games in New York. There's no doubt about that. And credit the Rangers for being all over them, mm-hmm. right? There was the layoff. There, You can make as many excuses as you wanted to. The Lightning played poorly. The Rangers played much better. Igor was better up there. Uh, and they took games one and two. But since the series has come to Tampa Bay, here's the scary thing if you're a New York Rangers fan. The Lightning have figured it out. They have figured it out. They have you know, decided they're going to keep it simple, stupid, and are dumping pucks uh, behind the net all day long and dominating in zone time, getting enough shots. Now, it wasn't the, you know, the 50-something shots that they took in, in game three, um, but they got enough on them on the net. And the Rangers just don't have an answer for it right now. They, they look like the team that's chasing the puck. And there's no reason, I think, to think, other than the energy they'll get from Madison Square Garden, this formula is working. How do the Rangers even counter this? If the Lightning are going to play like this, um, they're going to win this series. And right now, momentum you know, sometimes doesn't carry from one arena to the next or game to game. Sure feels like the Lightning are in control of this right now. When the Lightning forechecks the way they're, they are, when they're forcing the other team to spend time in their zone yeah. to work their way most teams' defense is not good enough. Mm-hmm. The Rangers have not. We've talked about that this year. Shosturkin's yeah. been great. But the mm-hmm. Rangers' back end isn't that great. And if you can force them to stay in there and force them to play 200 feet, force them to come out of their own zone, right? they're not very good. I mean, they've got tremendous forwards in Zabinajad and Kreider and Vetrano and, and they got in the kid line that can go score. But if they're in their own end, they're not. They're not at that level yet for a team. I, I think they might get there in the next few years. They're not at that level yet. And the Lightning for the last two games and, and maybe a period into game two finally started skating, finally started dumping the puck in, finally started getting it behind the Rangers and forcing them to play in their own end. And you're seeing what the Lightning's doing. They're dominating the games now. And five-on-five five is where they have the advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, New York's power play is lethal. And they have scored plenty of power play goals this season and in this series. When the Lightning stay out of the penalty box, and they've made a concerted effort to do that, uh, it's very difficult for the Rangers. They're not they're not winning five on five, and the Lightning know it. And you know that that's been such a key to this thing is you know just 
like you said, keep keeping it simple. And, you know, I, I, they're getting, the other thing they're getting is great play from their best players. I mean, once again, Nikita Kucherov mm-hmm. was tremendous. Once again, Steven Stamkos has a big goal. But then you have contributions like they had to start this, this game and take a one nothing lead with Zach Bogosian turning into Allen Iverson and breaking ankles and creating a shot that Pat Maroon chips in uh, the rebound for, and they're up one nothing. I didn't see that coming, but man, if you're going to get contributions from your fourth line like that, it's going to be it's going to be really hard for New York. That was, I mean, you're saying was that Zach Zach Bogosian did that? Yeah. I mean, you know, you expect one of your wingers or whatever else, but Zach. I mean, even Hedman, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. You know, McDonough maybe. Sure. Sergachev, yes, but Bogosian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as uh, Chief said on our broadcast, well, you know, that's a number three pick doing that because he was a number three overall pick. Oh, wow. I didn't realize Back that. Back the year Stamkos was number one. Huh. He was number three overall that year. Wow. But. So he's got some skills. Yes, yes. Oh, no. I mean, he's a, you know, obviously a veteran defenseman in that. But yeah, you start getting, you start getting contri- contributions like that. I, I thought Brian Engblom on our uh, lightning show that we do at noon called lightning power play. He was on, on Tuesday talking about Nikita Kucherov. And we asked him about, you know, his play. And he said, you don't realize how much he misses Braden point. Hmm. And if you watch the first couple games of this series, Nikita Kucherov plays at a slower speed. And I don't mean he doesn't skate or he's not fast, but he said, he goes, Braden points like the boat that drives through mm-hmm. and creates the wake. Hmm. And Nikita Kucherov kind of comes in behind that wake. And when Kucherov's on the line with him, he's pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, and he's drawing people to him. Right, right. Which then allows Kucherov to s- sit back, survey, watch. Gives him and, space. And gives Time. him space to, and, and to survey and figure out what he's going to do to make those spectacular plays. He goes, it's took, it took him two games in this series to speed up his game. Because he doesn't have Braden Point on his line. Mm. And he goes, and now you're seeing him speeding up the game, and he's making adjustments because the Rangers were prepared for it. He's making adjustments on it. And he's becoming one of the best players on the ice. No question about it. I mean, game, game three outside of, you know, he was the best player on the ice probably, for the Lightning at least. The other thing they're doing is they've taken away the, the middle of the ice from the Rangers. Mm-hmm. They're not skating through the middle of the ice anymore. Everything's going to the boards. Everything is getting pinched in, in you know, on the outside. And because of that, you know, they're 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 protecting the puck a little bit better. They're not turning it over and getting those odd man rushes and things like that they were guilty of. And they had a couple little breakdowns here or there, you know, in this this last game. But for the most part, you know, they've slowed the Rangers because they love to come right at you right down the middle of the ice. And that's not happening anymore. So mm-hmm. The adjustments the Lightning have made, their experience, um, just their inability, you know, not to panic down 2-0, uh, to know that their game is, is in there, that they haven't played it yet. And again, you don't take anything away from what the Rangers did in New York, and they're going to get a big bounce going back to Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. again because mm-hmm. that's a tough place to play, and their fans will carry them a little bit. And so the Lightning are going to have to play better than they did probably in Game 4. But this series now... You know, you're one road win away, let's say. You know, obviously, when you're 2-2, it's a pivotal game five. But you, you're really, you're right there from going back to the Stanley Cup. And, of course, you know, Colorado's already 
wrapped up the Western division, so mm-hmm. they got about 12 days off. Um, but, yeah, I, I did not see this happening, did not see it turning around this fast, um, especially down 2-0, you know, in game three. But, man, you know, there's something about a champion's heartbeat. Well, they say, you know, to beat the champ, you better knock him out. Yeah. Toronto had a one-goal lead in game six, an elimination game for the Lightning, going into That's the third right. period. And That's couldn't, right. Couldn't hold him up. The Rangers had a one-goal lead going into the third period of game three to take a 3 nothing series lead, which might have been the knockout blow for the Lightning. And mm-hmm. they couldn't close the door. That's two series this postseason. Now, if the Rangers end up winning this series, that will be moot point. But if the Lightning go on to win this series, two two times they were one period from essentially being eliminated. Toronto would have been eliminated. Rangers going down 3-0, you got to think it's probably over. Mm-hmm. They were one period away twice if the Lightning go on to win this series. But to beat the champ, you got to beat them. You got to knock them out. You can't give them life. Yeah. And we'll see if the Lightning can continue to roll into Thursday in Madison Square Garden. Now we know there'll be a game six Saturday at Amelie Arena. And and I think because there's going to be a game six, and who knows, maybe a game seven, but just the fact that it's going to go six games, I think that's when that rest is going to eventually end up helping the Lightning. They're they're quicker now, you know. And I'm not saying that the, the Rangers are slowing down, but maybe they are. Um, the Lightning are playing better, and they're playing the right way. But they've got legs. They've got juice, and, you know, that rest is going to come into play now and help them. Bassey's dialed in, you know. Um, whatever he needed, whatever they needed to do in front of him, he's seeing, he's seeing pucks again. I mean, even when he's screened, he comes up with saves. He was fantastic. I guess he was the number one star in this game, but, like, um, you know, he, he is back to you're going to have to you're going to have to really beat him with something um, that's extraordinary. So, yeah, man, just – this was this was sort of surgical, you know. It was surgical what they did to them in game four. Uh, New York had no answers, and they gave up a goal late, but they, you know, they could have easily, this could have easily been a shutout as well. Um, you know, I, I was I'm Probably just so impressed that's a, with that's a, that's a bad penalty by Alice Korn. Yeah, you can't take that. And I know he was upset about it. And when he came out of the box, he was barking at the official. You grabbed his jersey and pulled him. I mean, what, yeah. what do you expect him to do? What do you want him to do? Yeah, he's right in front of him. <laughs> yeah, that, that you don't need to give them a power. And that just goes to show you, you know, if you stay out of the box, New York's going to have a tough time. You give them penalties, they're going to make you pay. They're really good on the mm-hmm. power play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so is the Lightning for that matter. Um, so just like the Lightning has cooled off the New York Rangers, you want to stay cool this summer. Uh, don't suffer this summer with your old AC system. Call our friends and experts at Air Rescue. Air Rescue offers superior service at unbeatable prices. Your unit will perform 30% better and last longer with regular maintenance by Air Rescue. Their award-winning team delivers 24 hours. They have emergency service 24-7, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Your residential installation and repairs. They're family-owned with over 75 years in the business. Air Rescue offers 100% financing. Folks, we can't make this easier for you. They have affordable payments, very easy application process. You've got no administration, bank fees, or extra costs with the financing. Call Air Rescue at 813-612-5600 or go to airrescueflorida.com for the air conditioning experts. So it's back to New York, back to uh, the Big Apple, and uh, we'll see if they can... um, 
you know, come back to Tampa up 3-2. If they do, they'll have a chance to close it out here. If not, um, you know, you get two shots, uh, you know, to go to the Stanley Cup. And for them to do this three times in a row, just phenomenal, to have a chance just to look at it. Like, I I personally think Colorado might be the best team in the NHL this year. Uh, That's a monster out there that they're going to have to slay. But I still have like, I still have questions about their back end and, and the goalie. Yeah, they, I, mean, I mean that's the thing. They can come at you in waves on offense, and they're fast, and they have a little more size to them even with that mm-hmm. speed. Mm-hmm. But I, I do you trust their goalies? I don't. I, I mean they they allow other teams to hang around, and, and they have to out they have to outshoot them and outscore mm-hmm. them, obviously. But yeah, they they kind of played some high scoring games, and they won't be able to play the Lightning the way they play everybody else. So we're getting ahead of ourselves, but. Um, I think the Lightning, I, I would trust them and their experience if they're four wins from a third Stanley Cup. They're trying to do something that hasn't been done in over 40 years, and, and that's the thing. Like These other teams have doubts. These other teams haven't done this in a very, very long time. They haven't climbed the mountain yet, and the Lightning has, and you're right. You've got to knock the champion out, you know, and, and that will is so strong, and, and, they, and they know themselves so well. That's the thing. Like They know where their game is. And once they find it and lock it in, we've seen this before. You know, we've seen them do this and, and for long stretches. So, um, hell of a series, man. I mean, they've, you know, if nothing else, we're going to be very entertained <laughs> in these next two, three games because uh, uh, it's been fun to watch. Busy news day, by the way, in sports. Sports day, Tampa Bay. Talk about things that happen no sooner uh, or about the same time that the Lightning were wrapping up their 4 to 1 win. How about your Tampa Bay Rays playing the St. Louis Cardinals, who haven't been here, I think, since Kevin Kiermaier was a rookie. 2014, uh, eight years, yep. Yeah, they come to they come to the trop. They get locked into a pitcher's duel. And, you know, we they go to extras. But down to their last strike, literally their last strike, Taylor Walls goes yard off the fair pole. So you should not call it a foul pole because if it hits it, it is fair. Um, off the foul pole in right field, three-run bomb, walk-off home run, and the Rays win with a lineup that is so obliterated right now because of the injuries that they have that Randy Rosarena was batting first, and Kevin Kiermaier, I think for only the second time in his career, was batting cleanup, if that tells you anything. He is leading the team in home runs. Well, yeah, <laughs> like four. Um, he's like six bat- or seven. Yeah, so he's batting 200, but... Um, this was, this was exciting. It was dramatic and, you know, good, good for Taylor Walls. He's had, he's had some pretty big moments in these last, I don't know, three weeks or so. Um, and they're kind of, you know, they got to get some guys back healthy. They're, they're clearly not swinging the bats offensively. They're challenged to say the least. They had more runs than hits, Steve. They had three hits in four runs. That's hard to do. It is, but it's, it does seem like they do it more often than they should. I know. I know. They find a way. It's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So they take game one of that series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Not so good for a former Rays manager, however. Happy trails to Joe Madden. Yeah, Joma fired from his Angels managerial job. Probably the job, you know, he spent all those years in the minor leagues with the Angels. This is, if there was one job uh, that he dreamed about, it was this one. And that's why I kind of feel bad for him. I feel bad for anybody gets fired. But, um, you know, Joe Madden finally got his shot to be the Angels managers. Last year was kind of a, you know, transitional year, if you will. They were bad. They, you know, they just didn't have any pitching. This year they go and they get some pitching. Uh, but they had lost 12 in a row. Yeah, two weeks ago, they were 10 games above 500. Yeah. They're two under. It's crazy. I mean, I I don't know what – I mean, the wheels have fallen off, and I guess Shohei Atani's not hitting very well. At this. Here's the thing I don't get. For the world, I can't explain this. They have the two best players in Major League Baseball on the same team. Hell, one of them it could be an all-star pitcher and hitter in Shohei Atani. And somehow this Angels team – Manages to find itself losing twelve in a row and getting a manager like Joe Madden fired, you know, in the process. It's it's crazy to me that this has happened, and I feel for him. He went on and talked, I guess, to Ken Rosenthal. I think it was Ken Rosenthal with the Athletic, um, and there was this fairly long interview shortly after he was fired, and he said a couple of things. One, he says, you know, like, well, did you see this coming? I mean, you had lost ten in a row. He goes, no, no, I was surprised by it. There was no indication that this was going to happen. Uh, I guess they have a relatively new GM. Um, you know, and, and Madden, of course, always, you know, glass, glass half full. He was like, look, we were we were struggling, but we were going to come out of it. The, the camaraderie was fine. The room was good. Everybody was positive. We, you know, some guys were in some slumps, and, you know, we, we were pitching better. Um, but there was no doubt in my mind that we were going to come through this. I mean, this stuff happens, right? It's baseball. Uh, and so he, he said he was really surprised. But then he went on to sort of, you know, he said he told the general manager, I guess they he thinks, Joe Madden thinks, that they've become the Angels too hostage to the analytics. Like, there's a time for him, but not all the time. And I thought I found that interesting because here's a guy who basically made his reputation managing a franchise that was all about the analytics and well, that but, got him the but job he, with the Cubs and he maybe more than anyone realizes how valuable analytics are right but that look I mean he's the guy who put snakes in the clubhouse and penguins coming in there <laughs> and right. you know it was more than just analytics with him it was for him yeah. it always has been and yeah and, you know more than anything, and maybe one of the reasons he left the Rays is they wanted to be more analytical than he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, and once Andrew Friedman left, it gave him the opportunity in his contract to get out. But he more than anyone realizes how valuable it is, but it's not the end-all, be-all. And it's something we've talked about on this podcast before. It's a tremendous tool, but you know there are circumstances that can change things, whether it's Blake Snell throwing the best game of his career and you take him out because of analytics. Or a guy, you know, got a sick baby at home and has been up all night and got no sleep. Analytics right. can't tell you that, that he's going to have a bad day. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can affect players. Girlfriend problems, whatever. Yeah. You know, that there's things that can affect players good, bad, that have nothing to do with baseball or analytics. And, mm-hmm. you know, he knows that probably as well as anybody. 
Yeah, because Joe's the ultimate people person, and he's the guy that I've always said I I would have loved to if I had Joe Madden in my career, uh, I probably would have played longer because he's the ultimate. Let's take the pressure off of you. Let's be process oriented. You know, we're we're producers, not directors. You know, go up there. Um, you know, don't don't go up there looking for a hit. Just go up there looking to hit the ball hard. So like he has all these. You know. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the lineup, whether it's whatever, whatever you know, op- whatever that thing is, and and he's willing, you know, he's open minded enough to, you know, to use the analytics to his favor, um, but he still manages from the gut. He's still a people manager, and I guess he thought that they are being strangled by it, which is interesting, right? Because that tells to me that says to me that he didn't have control of the wheel, and they just kicked him out of the driver's seat, you know. Um, so, it's, but it's got to be tough for Joe on a personal level. He's, I think he's sixty-seven. Does that sound right to you? Around sixty-seven years old. It's probably close. Um, yeah, somewhere in there. Sixty-eight. He definitely, he's sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. He definitely wants to continue managing. I got to believe with as many teams that are out there um, looking for managers or will be looking for managers. If if Joe Madden wants to manage, he'll probably get another offer. I think. I don't think this is it for him. Well, he says he wants to manage, and yes, he will get offers. I mean, yeah. he took the Cubs to the World Series and won it. <laughs> All right. That should be a lifetime. Completely changed the Rays and took the Cubs to a World Series and won it. I, he's He'd get any job he wants. I would think. I would think he'd be one, you know. it's It's been a tough week. Uh, you know, a couple of World Series, I mean, Joe Girardi gets fired by the mm-hmm. Phillies. You know, same reason they went into a tailspin. When you have big payrolls, man. The Phillies went lose. all in this year with a lot of payroll. Oh, yeah, they did. A lot of payroll and no defense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, every they guy they play. signed was like, "Okay, you can hit, but you can't play defense." Yeah, they're all Kyle Schwabers. That's <laughs> what they are. Yeah, uh, Nick Castellanos. I mean, you know, can hit, yeah. can't play defense. Right. Right. Yeah, and and so you know, again, managers in baseball, you can argue, you know, do they have as much impact uh, as managers or coaches in any other sport? Eh, I, I suppose they do. I think the thing that gets overlooked is just what you said with Madden and, and, and in general. Like, you know, it's a long season, and anytime you have 25 you know, personalities in a clubhouse, they're not all going to get along. There's a lot more to that job than wins and losses. And they're there and every day. It's every like single day. I mean, there's there's times you go 20 straight days with games. Yeah. I mean, the exhaustion level, the marathon. Like, it's you're running a marathon every single day. You know, you got you to gotta start – you know, at mile one and, and it's, it's a, it's a grind. And so, you know, you really got to judge these guys on 162 games, but at any particular time, of course, the owners, you know, will say, well, you know, we can't have this payroll and these players and be losing 12 in a row, but they could have just as easily won 12 in a row, you know, in over the next 12 games. So Phil Nevin is going to take over as the interim manager, I guess we'll see how he can do. But it's disappointing for Joe, who's you know somebody we've all gotten to know on a personal level. Because if you've ever met Joe Madden, you feel like you've known him and he's your friend uh, from that standpoint. But I know what this job meant to him. I know what California means to him. Um, it's his home. He's you know he sold his house here, of course, um, you know on Bayshore and whatnot. But uh, still has tons of ties to Tampa Bay area, his restaurant and everything else. So yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, we were at. The uh, Bucks mandatory mini camp. Speaking of and tough yes, ones, oof. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. First of all, let's start where you have to start when you talk about the Bucks. Tom Brady, 
was there. Wait, he's the good. quarterback this year? Not just wearing underwear this time. He's wearing shorts and he, underwear. He's not retired? Not retired. He's back, and he showed up, and he came sprinting out onto the field. And, you know, it. I said this to somebody. I was watching him throw it. it to me, the biggest marvel of Tom Brady, and we know how much he grinds and the sacrifice he makes, you know, to play at this age and the TB12 and the pliability and all that. What's so freaking amazing, and I've talked to him about this, is that his arm, it's still live. Like, the dude can still sling it. I mean, there's no appreciable, like, when you watch him throw a football, Year to year now, this is the third year he's been in Tampa, and he's going to be 40 freaking five years old in August. He still rips it. Like, he can still throw the ball, which is why he can play. And he and he thinks he could do it well beyond probably 50 years old. Um, it's remarkable to see him. Accurate, deep ball, um, you know, velocity. I mean, Blaine Gabbert has the best arm on the team, but not by a lot. I mean, Blaine can absolutely just hum it. Um, but Brady is just, you know, it, it's crazy to me. And he's out there throwing to guys who were born, literally born the year that he began his NFL career. You know, we're at the point now where if you were born in 2000 and you're, what, 22 years old? Yeah, that's when Brady started in the NFL. And so, you know, there's guys, there was a moment when, um, there's a deep ball to Jalen Darden. Jalen Darden gets open somehow and gets behind the defense. And Brady kind of misses him. Not by much, but he misses him. And Brady lets out the big, you know, expletive, the one-word one, uh, really loudly. And and you're kind of thinking, okay, well, he's he's probably disappointed that he missed him because it was a, you know, he got behind the defense and they had a chance on a big play. And then when Darden comes back, no, Brady's over there talking to Darden. And I think, if I had to guess, Darden wasn't where he was supposed to be. <laughs> and Brady threw the ball where it was supposed to go. Uh, and so you can even see it, like practice one, right? Team drill one. Uh, Brady's intensity level is higher than anybody else on the football field. And that's who he is. That's who he is every time he plays, every time he practices, and if you don't reach his level, uh, you're not going to play. And so, and again, I'm kind of reading body language. I don't know what the whole conversation was, but I think I'm right because I've seen him do it before. And, you know, it, it's just, it's incredible to me just how he competes. Speaking of competition, we knew this was going to happen. Uh, and it's happened before with, uh, with Bruce Arians, but especially with Todd Bowles. This team wants good on good for practice. They put the number one defense out there against the number one offense, and they go. And the pace of this practice was remarkable to me. Uh, if you didn't, if you weren't in your playbook, you were lost. You know, the test is over because they were running a hundred miles an hour, and they got so many, so much stuff done that they were ahead of schedule when they got into their final period and, and they were done. They were off the field by like ten thirty. They got on the field at nine. Um, they were going quick. And so, you know, Bowles got a lot out of this, uh, you know, this this first practice. You know, it's still installed. There's still a lot of that stuff going on. But for the most part, he set the tone. And the tone is we're going to compete. 
and we're gonna go fast and you better you better know what you're doing he told them before the before his first practice he addressed the team and his biggest message was we can't beat ourselves anymore you know like you know going back to the the playoff game especially like this is the mistakes they made mental mistakes mostly but you know if we if we don't beat ourselves much like the lightning we don't beat ourselves we'll we we can win we have enough here to win and so that's that's sort of in what they've what their focus has been one guy who's not focused oh he's Leonard focused. he's, oh, fo- well, he's, he's focused, focused at the buffet yeah he's yeah exactly <laughs> put down the fork leonard fournette uh leonard forknet i guess you could call him eh eh so he shows up we haven't seen him in OTAs. We haven't seen him uh, in the voluntary workout program, which is fine, right? Like, that, you don't want to come. That's cool. You know, you're a veteran. You've earned that. Nobody's going to, you know, get in your face about it. But when your first appearance in the off season, because you have to be there, it's mandatory, uh, at the facility with everyone watching, after they've handed you a three-year contract, Okay, worth about seven and a half million dollars a year or so. When you roll into there, and I mean roll into there, like a guy that just spent the last two months at Dunkin' Donuts. Woof. I mean, Lenny, babe, you got a little time before training camp, but come on now. You know, it's slim fast for you the rest of the off season. This dude is put on some weight, some LBs. Now, he's a big back to begin with, right? Like, that's part of his thing, right, is he's he's a power guy. He's, you know, Lombardi Lenny, playoff Lenny. I mean, he says, we asked him, he says, I weigh 240-something. If somebody, by the way, if somebody tells you they weigh 240-something, what they really mean is, I don't weigh 240. I don't weigh 249, 249.9. I weigh 250-something, or maybe even 260-something. But I don't weigh 240 no more. I'm going to give you 240-something and hope that you stop at 249.9. But in reality, this cat looked like he was every bit of 250 uh, plus. And he wants to play at 228. There ain't a lot of weeks left to get down there. And it showed. You know, in addition to just, and there's some pictures online of him that we've posted. uh, And that jersey is screaming trying to stay in place. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, you know, he was he was hurting. You know, he was on one knee a lot. He was gassed. I think he dropped the first three or four footballs that Brady threw to him because more worried about breathing than catching. Um, and, you know, and, and the one thing we've learned about Bowles, like if this had been Bruce Arians and we asked Bruce, hey, Bruce, how did Fournette look? Because it looked like he was struggling a little bit there, you know, with you know conditioning, or whatever. Arians would have said, "Yeah, you know, the guy's out of shape. I'm not happy with him. He doesn't look it." Bowles was like, "Well, you know, he he looked okay running around out there, but it's only shorts." He didn't look okay. He he absolutely did not. We watched him. He did not look okay. You know, he looked like a guy that needed a cold towel after every snap. So. I don't know what they expected would happen when they handed Leonard Fournette a bunch of money, but they got about the worst thing that you would want to happen, which is he showed up like he hadn't been doing anything for the last three months. All right, and remember, uh, if you have an AC system that's starting to go on the fritz, it's getting really hot out there. That's one thing I realized about 
camp when I was out there. It's like, uh, yeah, summer's here. And and I was on the baseball field this morning with my sons. Wow, it was hot. Oh, man, it was, it was scorching. Yeah, we're starting. And the thing is, it's nothing like it's going to be in August. And so Lenny, he needs to get himself in shape. But if he doesn't, he can go into his home as long as he calls Air Rescue and make sure his AC system is working. They've got superior service at unbeatable prices, uh, 24-7, 100% satisfaction guarantee. They've been in business for 75 years. they got 100% financing, uh, affordable payments, easy application process, no administration or bank fees. All of that at Air Rescue. Call them, please, and have your air conditioning unit checked out. 813-612-5600 or go to airrescueflorida.com. For your air conditioning experts, let's do a mailbag. I've got some pretty good questions uh, already submitted. I know there are more about the bucks, about the lighting, about the rays, about anything you want to bring to the table. Do that. Send us your questions on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Rays continue their series against the St. Louis Cardinals. And, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning will be headed to New York in Madison Square Garden for a very exciting Game 5, pivotal Game 5, up there uh, in just a day. So all that to look forward to. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud the Tampa Bay Times. Have a good day, everybody. 